and we're back for another episode of the Sing Second Podcast. It's getting closer to that holiday break. We're getting closer to conference championship, a maybe even a diluted bowl season. But as we inch closer, we have finally crossed the threshold of our one-year anniversary. Uh, the uh, the old memories on the social media websites yesterday told us that yesterday, the 15th, was our first recording. So we have officially surpassed one year of singing second. And so, gentlemen, congrats, cheers all around. We did it. Maybe a second year? Is it the second year in, in, in the works? Are we coming back year two? I'll do it. Season two is penciled in. Kyle, you're shaking your head no. <laughs> not shaking my head at all. S, S2 and definitely mean that it at least has to be a season two right yep you that's a nice little alliteration you got there Kyle for it I don't know if that's alliteration but I'll I'll bow down to the English teacher there oh thank you uh no but you your one is in the books uh officially we we talked last week about how it was approaching and now we have surpassed it so again Congrats. We appreciate all of our followers out there on the old Twitter sphere, on Instagram, anywhere and everywhere between email. That's a big in, in 2020, um, hopefully to continue in 2021. And so as we move forward and the season winds down, we're looking at a unique slate this weekend. We've already had the Army Navy game. We're getting ready for conference championships and some cross conference battles of the number five team in each division i mean it's going to be a hectic weekend of bowl game or of, of conference champions and other meaning meaningless games and so uh before we jump into all that is good with college football danny what's good yeah well um we did in, in our year uh perhaps the worst year to start a college football podcast um give, given the circumstances uh, we did we did get a little uh, notch for our ego uh, this year and got a sponsor. So we'd like to, as always, thank Nebraska Land Bank uh, as our drink and snack sponsor for the podcast. Um, my goal now is, and you guys know this, um, I think in year two, you know what we're going to get our hands on, guys? We're going to get some press passes. That's that's my uh, that's my goal for year two for this podcast is um, I want to be post game asking a coach a question uh, in you, a conference. Are you talking as like an invited a guest, like a JV Monday night football game where half of us are coaching? Or no, no, I can I could text those questions or my comments. I, well, I want to pass to where I want to be on the sideline of a college football game. I want to go into the uh, press conference room at the end of the game, and I want to ask a question of a of a college coach. It doesn't have to be Division One, um, but that's just I'm putting it out there. Uh, I, I don't think when we started this podcast, we thought within a year we, we'd have a sponsor, and we we locked one of those down again. Thanks to Nebraska Land Bank, um, but I think in year two now we ought to set our sights on something else, and I think it's it's press passes, unless you guys got uh, other better ideas. Well, with you mentioning Nebraska Land National Bank, um, I, th I think if we ever get to go to a Husker game again before press passes, I would just like a, 
a group invite to to their to their tailgate party at uh at the Husker game because I've I've always been by it in passing and you always know like a, a one or two people there uh, and you kind of wave as as you go by it but I think if we were actually invited guests right out in front of Memorial Memorial Stadium uh, I think that would be awesome I'd wear I I'd trade in my my big red Husker shirt for a little S2 red Husker or red uh, shirt. So I don't know that, that would be my, my goal, I guess you, you're obviously the reason why we have this sponsorship because you're kind of the one that's connected uh, to some people in high places there. So uh, I guess the ball is in your court, Danny, to kind of see, see how good these, these relationships really are. No, and I no, I, I would say we have a sponsorship because uh, people at Nebraska land have been have been listening to the podcast and actually um, kind of reached out to us. But they do have uh, one of the probably the coolest tailgate that I've been to at Husker Games. Um, it's big. It's in a perfect location. Uh, they they do it up big, and we've you guys have seen their their grill set up around town. They do a lot of stuff um, with the high school sometimes, and and. Uh, it's really neat and, and they do bring a, a lot of the community aspect to their to their tailgate every saturday so i'm with you kyle um i think maybe that'd be a fun little partnership we could we could maybe work on for for next season yeah this, this is going to sound like just a, a shameless plug but i honestly have no connections to anybody there uh but i don't know if you can name one person one place uh one local business that actually supports uh, the school that we all teach at more than Nebraska Land Bank. So just kind of being uh, connected to them uh, has gotten me thinking like, man, maybe I should take uh, the few shekels that I have saved up and, and actually move them over there because between supporting the school and then obviously supporting this little project that we have going on, uh, obviously for the most, for, the, for all parts there, their hearts are in the right spot. So uh, definitely, definitely people that I want to, make sure I stay in contact with when we uh, get, when we make it big and have our own huge tailgates, no we'll to ourselves, them. they are uh, invited to ours. Yeah. Step <laughs> one, yeah. step one, we make it to the big and then step two, we invite them. And, and then we have we'll our, we have our tailgate just slightly closer to the stadium. So that way <laughs> they have to pass us on the way to get in. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it as convenient as possible. I'd say year three. Let's work on that year yeah. three. Sounds oh, good. but speaking of uh, speaking of shekels, um, that that gets me to my my actual what's good. Uh, I catch a lot of heat around here for being the worst game picker, um, and I was going to talk about how I'm one of the best uh, DraftKings fantasy football players, but then I look at the screen and uh, there's actually two dudes that are ahead of me. I had a really good season going, uh, made it. Are we in round two of the playoffs or was I in like a play in game to get to the playoffs? No, it's the semifinals. They're starting this week. So three of the four of us are in the semifinals. Yeah. We don't have to say names on which three, but yeah. So I, I do want to just take a little moment to brag because I am the worst game picker on this podcast. I was going to say I'm one of the best fantasy football players, but literally I'm only better than one person on the podcast, which is Kyle. And what's good is that, is that Kyle is a, a football watcher, an NFL fan, a Saints fan, a smart guy, pretty savvy in a lot of things. 
managed to go through this whole season of picking new DraftKings rosters every week. And I think in the 15 weeks that we've had, he's maybe been in the money, the top three, like one time, which is actually amazing that you could spend your whole budget every week and like never win anything. So what's good is that I'm good at fantasy football and Kyle is not. So Kyle, what's good with you? I think there's some, some details we could argue about there. Uh, you know what? You just catch some bad breaks sometimes. Uh, if you look at, and this is just, fantasy football sucks. I'll tell you that much right now. Like there's not a single person that actually enjoys fantasy football, but Somehow I hate or it. a person that enjoys listening to people talk about fantasy football. So here's a little, this is a treat for our listeners, I'm sure. Yeah. So there's, there's going to be a couple of things that I tell that just kind of just consume everybody's fantasy football. And I, I can't be the only one. Yeah. I'm, I hate fantasy football and I'm in four leagues. That's how bad I hate it. But <laughs> uh, in three of the leagues that I'm not in with you guys uh, and two of them, I'm the first player not to make the playoffs. So I have that going. Congrats. And then uh, it always, like, here's just wraps up all fantasy football for me. If you go and look at Derek Carr's fantasy football season, okay, just, just a random quarterback you take. He's Like the fantasy team that he manages or his actual fantasy stats that he's earning for guys like us? Either one, but I was I was more <laughs> talking about his actual fantasy season. Uh, oh, okay, but he, he's a quarterback, not a high dollar guy in, in DraftKings, but just kind of a middle of the road guy. The guy you think you can get some value for. He had himself a pretty good fantasy football season. And now uh, I'm not actually going to read these all out, but I just want you guys to go through Derek Carr's fantasy football season and just pick the two weeks that you think that I happen to pick him as my fantasy quarterback okay and as everybody else is telling there what's good uh, I want you guys to look him up and I only picked him twice picked him two times this season see if you can tell which two are the ones that I picked and I had a lot of things going well uh, for me my my son and I got got haircuts together so that's kind of like a, a thing that we'll, we'll grow up doing hopefully if I keep still have hair but <laughs> Danny bringing up fantasy football has put me in a sour mood. So I really don't have anything else that's good for me right now. So I'll, I'll swing it over to Brandon so he can fill us in and then pick the mood up a little bit since he was the number one overall seed in this uh, fantasy football league. That I was going to say, you should include how we should include how these two are doing. Cause they are doing better than me, but anyway, I, Brandon, I don't even know how I am currently number one, but uh, I'll, I will like in uh, fantasy football to lawn mowing hate lawn mowing, you know, and uh, nobody notices it when you do a good job. You do a good job with it and you try to tell other people about it and they don't care. <laughs> but when you do a bad job mowing the lawn or when you don't mow the lawn, everybody piles in on you how crappy your lawn is, just like they do uh, for fantasy football. So, uh, and going along with Kyle with that, yeah, it's just fantasy football's not fun. Lawn mowing's not fun. The only choice is I don't pay money to mow my lawn but i pay money to to be able to do fantasy football so i don't understand like it'd be like hey here's 20 bucks you just want to randomly come up and punch me in the face you know <laughs> and do that that's kind of like what fantasy football is to me and wait till just when i'm feeling good about myself 
and then just out of nowhere come out whack me and knock me down you know but yeah, uh that- what's what, yeah it's crazy what's good for me is the commander-in-chief series i uh foolishly thought jeff munkin would uh totally blow the army navy game last week and uh they just were never in a situation to where he had to be able to make a choice that blew the game for them. So I guess step one, instead of making bad decisions to uh, lose a game for your team, don't put yourself in situations to make bad decisions. That's going to blow up for your team. So I was super excited that army won. I don't, I always pull for them and the whole day, I just loved it. It's like a parade early on with people marching into the stadium. It was foggy and it was the weirdest score, not the weirdest score, but 15 to zero. That's pretty weird. And, and they scored touchdowns, field goals and the safety. So all three parts of the game were well. And I felt like in a weird year where it's at West point a hundred years from now, people are going to look back and say, man, a hundred years ago, that game was played at West point, some weird 15 to zero score it looks like something that would have happened a hundred years ago from today so i thought that was cool i'm super excited about air force and army getting the rematch for the commander-in-chief this weekend and i'm just excited about all that so that's what's good for me uh how about you andy well, I, I kind of had three. I usually have like a half of one. And uh, I kind of spoiled one with it being we surpassed that one year mark where uh, there for a while it looked like we were just going to be a, a nice little five, six month podcast and then not ever do it again before we hop back in weekly. Um, but the second one, it, it's Maggie's birthday. Uh, birthday. She, she joked that, uh, sweet, so now every year around my birthday, uh, you're going to have a podcast that I can look forward to. And, uh, and kind of get overshadowed by it and so a uh, happy birthday to miss maggie over there as she's sitting in the other room i'm sure she won't listen to this later she's kind of falling off that bandwagon um but secondly oh we're losing listeners Jeez. wow happy birthday maggie live i guess i don't know but uh the second one is a national holiday that danny just loves today is national signing day Maybe the quietest national signing day I've ever I've ever been a part of, but Danny, I know we're going to get into that recruit talk because I know you love hearing everybody's name who could possibly catch a pass for the Huskers next year because we're up to like eighty five guys. Yeah, but national Let's signing see the day. names. <laughs> I haven't even looked actually, but uh, sounds like everybody who committed is signing, and that's kind of a big deal. But uh, no, national signing day. It's kind of a a rah rah to. You know, here's the future type of deal, but uh, some some teams, that's all they can look forward to is the future. Here, here's why this day is irrelevant, because I have this conversation uh, with one of our listeners, Dosland, uh, all the time. And last year, right around this time, I was on a bus trip to a, to a basketball game, and he wanted to talk about recruiting. And I said, Dos, I go write down three names, the three names that you think are going to be the most significant, the names that are going to be out there on the field. Um, we're going to be watching them play for the Huskers every Saturday. Wrote down three names. Couldn't even tell you what they were. I asked them about it the other day. You know how many of those dudes are on the team still? Zero. Zero. Actually, no, there might be one. He might have said, uh, he might have said bets. 
Nah, that's a hometown pick. That's that's easy to say he'd still yeah. be on the team. But again, I can't keep up with that many names. So that that that's my thing about recruiting. But hope we got the guys that we wanted to get. And uh, I do have an answer for for Kyle's question about Derek Carr earlier. But I'll let Andy finish. Uh, if you were, if I cut you off mid sentence there. Nope. Go ahead. So, Kyle, I really, really hope that you had Derek Carr week 12 at Atlanta. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you were just looking there, Danny, what would you give? What? Like, just quickly figure, what would you assume his average weeks would be in terms of average points per week? Well, I can tell you the answer. It's, it's a little over 18. 18? Or no, no, no. That's wrong. I don't know what it was. It's looking around maybe like 20. He's around yep. 20. Around 20. Now, I'm just going to say, are there are there a few weeks that just don't look like the rest? Yeah. Week 12 at Atlanta, he has, it says he has one passing touchdown and three fumbles lost. He had 0.6 points. Yep. That was one of them. You, Any guess on the second yeah. one? Oh, Is this, yeah. Was this DraftKings or was this one of your other? No, this was leagues? DraftKings. This was so you league. actually placed them in your lineup? Okay, so I'm yep. hoping the other one is week 10. Uh, they, they beat Denver 37 to 12. He had 10 rushing yards and seven total points. That would be the second one. Every <laughs> other week, literally every other week he had 20 points, 25 points. It wasn't killing it, but solid. And that's all yep. I wanted. I That'll be good I was- value. Yep, and my my buddies that are really into the, these things, they're like, man, I'm Derek Carr, he's pretty, he's the guy I'm going with this week. So I followed their 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 lead the first week, and then they he gave me a dud. And then because I'm a Saints fan, I know how bad the the Falcons are, just giving up points. I'm like, I'm going with him, give him one more chance against the Falcons, and he did worse. I am. I don't, never I don't thinking, remember that game, but how did Atlanta beat? The Raiders forty-three to six. That seems ridiculous. Every single one of those fumbles were like dang near allowing Atlanta to score. A lot of short <laughs> field. Well, but, that explains a lot, man. That yeah, explains a lot. I, I told job, my classes. To. Yeah, I told my classes that if you needed a, a proof that karma exists. Uh, I would always write these emails because I would send out the schedules and the results. I would always write these emails just trying to be almost purposely rude to a couple of people per week. And (laughs) as soon as I stopped doing that, as soon as I just waved the white towel saying like, there's no point in me joking around with how bad other people's teams suck when I'm I'm the worst team by two full games. And as soon as I just sent out the, an email that wasn't as snarky or wasn't sar- as sarcastic, boom, I'm in the money. So karma, I guess. They just, the karma gods just didn't like all of my all my mean comments to people. Well, you know my asking. strategy when uh, whenever I like I didn't do it this year, but in years past, I would always send you a congratulations ahead of time text, you know, and just say congratulations kyle ahead of time on the victory just trying to (laughs) that actually that that when you send that text it irritates me immediately oh i last year he did it twice you can use he did it twice to me and both times i'm just like brandon everybody knows what you're doing here like you're not the first time like 
the very first time I did it to Kyle, like I was losing a ton and I was getting ready to go to bed. And so like, it was like a legit, like, wow, you killed me. And then the next morning I wake up and somehow end up winning by. So then after that, I was like, note to self, do that to yep. just do that every week. You're not being a gentleman. <laughs> you're not, you're not being the bigger man. We got to think of it even we got to think of it even more like jerk move response. We can just a standard response. We'd throw out there when he's, when he does that. I tried that this weekend. I did try to do the Brandon because, uh, Brandon bought my son, Leo, a Drew Brees Jersey when he was born, the saints and Eagles played. So I made sure I put Leo in this Jersey and I sent him a picture and said, Leo and I wish you good luck in today's match. And by golly, Brandon got a good luck. My God, the <laughs> that, Saints lost that was, the Eagles. That was so flippy. It was a disaster. <laughs> well, that was our fantasy football podcast for the week. <laughs> or Andy, did we have anything else on the dock? No, I was just going to smoothly transition from some of the ups and downs that is fantasy football and maybe a lot more downs this year uh, than to – maybe the most depressing topic that we keep bringing up every day of our lives. Oh my God. That is uh, Nebraska, Nebraska ball, not Nebraska basketball, Nebraska football who uh, against Minnesota. We, uh, we uh, again, kind of kick the can down the road before we even, we even started um, guys opening thoughts real quick. I usually kick it to our resident Husker fan, but you know, if anybody else wants to jump in before Kyle, go ahead. Is this the worst team in the history? Like everybody keeps saying that there's progress coming and like, oh, and apparently, so if the eye test is so important for the playoffs, you know, apparently Nebraska looks pretty dang good. Six out of seven days of the week in practice, they're, they're world beaters in practice. So why can't we just uh, go on the merit of that and not even have to play the games on the week? I, I don't know this. Is this the worst Nebraska team in the history of Nebraska football? I don't know. So my, my question to kind of combat your question, Brandon, is we always talk about how Pelini couldn't recruit. Pelini couldn't recruit. We had two-star guys at, with Pelini, but we would win nine, eight, nine, ten games. Then we had Mike Riley, who, you know, he was just a nice guy. Practices were too easy. We'd still win nine games up until the, the very end there. But here we are. We're having great practices. We're reshuffling everybody left and right. We're getting the guys in we want. And Illinois and Minnesota and potentially Rutgers, three of the bottom teams this year just with the whole COVID roster situation. And we may go 0-3 against arguably the three worst teams in, in the Big Ten. And it's as, as a non-fan who still roots for Huskers on Saturday just because it's kind of natural, it, it's, it's just where where do we go? You know, where do we – how do we right this ship? Because it's it's one thing when you play good against Penn State, who's 0-5, but then it's kind of turned around. You play decent against uh, other teams for a half or so, but against the teams that you should just be, you know, 10-point favorites, 14-point favorites like we were, and to lose those games – you know, it's just, it's sad. I, I don't, I'm going to abstain from this conversation. I told you guys I'm numb. A, a win doesn't mean that much. A loss doesn't mean that much. 
Um, I think Scott Frost should be thankful that it is a COVID year and he gets a free pass and, and moves on to the next one. Um, Kyle's probably going to tell us some things that we should feel hopeful for. Um, and I, I hope, I hope we see it next year. Uh, but I don't, I don't really have any, any analysis, just, just numb to it. I need Kyle to talk to me off the ledge. To be honest, I'm really down in the dumps and this is like the highlight of my week right here. Well, again, I, you guys are all way more depressing than I am. Uh, but part of, part of that might be because uh, uh, since I'm coaching basketball, the last two weeks I've either been traveling on the road or have had a game while the Husker game has been on. So uh, I've either been watching the game uh, on delay or like afterwards because I've had them DVR'd. Or like in the case of this last week, I haven't even gotten to watch it yet. So I just, when, when we were talking last week, I just, I hate the, the ups and downs in terms of uh, when we're, when we're talking about, oh, we win a game. So uh, man, we, we could be third in the big 10 West and we could be matched up with this team or that team or, and then when we lose a game, it's like, oh man, we're the, we're the worst team on the face of the earth. And obviously right now, I obviously I think we're somewhere in, in the middle, which uh, Danny asked in the group. Oh, you're putting us in the middle? In the middle of like. You think we're in the middle of the Big Ten? Top to bottom, yeah. Like, I think you take out, and I even mentioned it last week, I think you take out Ohio State because I think you take out Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama in any conversation you have because they're just far above everybody else. But then, like, are you saying that we're so far from Indiana because Indiana's had a solid year? Like, you're going to say that Indiana is just far and above where, where Nebraska currently is at. No, I'm saying we're last in the Big Ten West. Oh, no, I'm – and I know this year, I, I'm just saying in general, in terms of where I think we, we should kind of slate ourselves, I think uh, from the very onset of the year, because of, of everything that our, our coaches and players said, trying to get this season going, there were never going to be any, like any easy weeks because everybody had all the bulletin board material that they could ever want. And so we just consistently got teams best punches and we just didn't rise to the occasion. Like if you look at probably the games we played the best in, it wasn't even the games that we won. Like granted we lot, like we competed against teams that I would have thought were actually better than us and then lost to the teams that we should have been beating. And that's weird to me. That just shows you the high ceiling that we have and obviously the low floor that we have. And we kind of need to, to get that corrected. Now, just to kind of not to go against you, Kyle, because I think you make some good points about rising and playing down and, you know, everything in between, but against Illinois and Michigan, um, the first drive has been terrible. You know, usually teams will be decently conservative on the first drive, you know, get the running back going, you know, a quick hitch, a stick route, something easy completions. And against Illinois, we had that 
uh, triple option where we had the RPO attached to it and McCaffrey fumbles it. I mean, yeah, we threw a forward pass or argue what you want wasn't reviewed, but like kind of a, it's gotta be in rhythm. Well, second uh, against Minnesota, we send Wandale out, we throw it down the line. It's a fumble. We lose seven yards. And so it's like, where we jump to the complexity so fast, we don't get our gears going, especially on a cold day, like it was against Minnesota. It's just, we've got to be able to play simple a little bit to get fast and then add the complexity in there just so that way all gears are going as fast and as, you know, on point. And I just think that's at some, at some point uh, is where I struggle watching it. It just seems like we've got to be as complex as possible because do we not have the dudes? Do we, you know, are we trying to out scheme guys when we don't really need to be out scheming them? Um, it just seems sometimes that we're, we're second guessing ourselves or out playing ourselves. Here's, here's probably why I don't feel like I can even participate in this conversation is because in a lot of years, when you're a frustrated fan base, you can say, Oh man, here's the thing that we got to fix. Like we got to get this thing right. And then we're on track, but like, I can't even think of, the one thing that that Nebraska needs to fix right now it's so it's it's systematic almost from top to bottom how bad we are so where do we even start with um so what okay so what can we change from from now to the beginning of next year or really improve upon that's going to make us something other than two and five in, in our conference play next year obviously I don't know I, I don't know if there's any one thing, but I'll, I'll keep coming back to, to Indiana. Like, you can't tell me at the start of the year that there's a lot of Indiana fans like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the year where we actually had a chance of, of losing to Ohio State by a touchdown, and, and this was going to be the year that we had a chance of, of being in the Rose Bowl if, if that was still a thing that uh, could happen. And they just got the right momentum going. And that's what we just haven't had. We always, we, we kind of always kind of get in our own way. I understand the, the first drives of the Illinois game and the, the Minnesota game. And obviously those could always be better, but look at the first drive of the season where we take quite possibly the best, one of the best three teams in the country. And we bow race them all the way down the field, doing the exact same things that uh, we were trying to do against the inferior teams. And so I don't know. I just don't, I know we're a long ways from the top, but I just don't think we're as far off as what you guys are trying to, to make it out either. Because again, like we, we have guys, we we're starting to get guys that actually look like they, they fill spots, but I don't know, like said, and, and Brandon made it like, I honestly think, I guess next year, what I would hope for the most is we're not just the team that tries to win the press conference. And don't get me wrong, I love a Scott Frost press conference <laughs> as much as anybody because I do think he just kind of carries himself in a way that you would want your head coach to, to, to carry himself and to kind of sound the way you want him to sound. But every, every kind of big statement he makes is in a press conference and not on the field. And I know like right now they're, they're really talking about do we need – uh, a more diversified staff because now Scott Frost, they're, they're saying when he first came, they thought it was awesome that he was bringing all of the, all of the guys from central Florida 
and all of the guys that he had backgrounds with and stuff like that. And people thought that was awesome and a, a great way to show how, how tight they were and, and how uh, solid they were. And then now all of those assistants that he brought are the reason why we're not doing so well. So again, depending on what, what time of year you're talking about, it's probably going to depend on what type of positive or negative stuff you mean. You know what I'm worried about is like how a big thing, you know, where they're saying, well, we didn't have a spring ball and everything this year. So let's say everything starts kind of sliding back into place a little bit this spring and then summer and football's back in full force and we do get to have a spring and we do get to have this off season. But then so do all of these other teams and then they're going to be even that much better than we are after they get their spring and everything like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like everything we've gone through that we're, we kind of feel is holding us back a little bit is every team in America could kind of say that. And then I'm worried about, then it's just exponential. And like I said, last week after a win, I'm like, we are going to win out, baby. Oh my gosh, we're going <laughs> to win out and get all this momentum. And then after a loss, I'm like, we are never going to win again as long as I. So right now I'm just in the down point where it's just, it festers inside of me uh, through the week. And then here it is Wednesday night. And I'm, I just feel like I'm in this. I feel like I'm in the Atari 2600 game of ET and I fell down this pit and uh, there's just no way out of that pit. It doesn't tell how to get out of this pit. You're just, you're just there. You have to shut off the Atari, <laughs> blow through the cartridge, maybe give it a little lick on the side, push it back in and turn it on and start all over and not fall back. I feel like I'm in that pit right now as ET and there's just no getting out. So we need so to you shut just the need Atari somebody off. to blow you then? Is that what we're getting at? I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever works. If that's what takes, if that's what it takes to get us back on top. I'll be the so, sacrificial lamb. So, Kyle, I actually think it's funny that that this becomes uh, we all like just hammer Kyle, like you know, defend like us on anything. But what I what I ask my students sometimes is, show me with your thumb how you're feeling about the Huskers: thumb up, thumb down, or in the middle. Just your general outlook on the Nebraska football program right now. You probably want to use words because no one's going to know what you're doing with your thumb. But what's your general outlook on the on the Nebraska football program right now, honestly? Well, I feel like all this is every week is you guys just trying to pull me down. So I feel <laughs> as miserable as you guys are, which I just don't want to do. Thumb like, up, thumb down, or in the middle? If we're saying that a, a thumb to the side is 50%, like I'm, I'm still gonna trend upwards on on how I feel, because when you look at it, I, I honestly I'd say I'm like 65, 70 percent on the on a thumbs up, I guess, and and I guess I don't know why. It's not like they're showing me a lot of stuff on the field, but again, I know Danny, you asked us earlier, like, would you rather be a national laughing stock or just like a national joke or just nationally uh, irrelevant because I, I'm assuming you believe that we're one or the other or both. I think we've and moved from a laughing stock to just no one even like 
we don't exist now. Well, so much to the point, they, we opened and every, everything that we've already talked about, we opened the Big Ten schedule and we had a pretty dang tough opening first three weeks or so. Um, one of the games obviously didn't get go, uh, got canceled because of COVID. But then now our crossover game at the end of the year is against Rutgers. And uh, couldn't have been against Michigan, couldn't have been against, you know, a Michigan State, something like that. It was Rutgers, where perennial doormat of the Big Ten, uh, a ex-Husker at quarterback, who was our backup, is now the starter at Rutgers and has led them to wins over teams that they haven't beat in years. And, I mean, not that they did that on purpose, but we were slated to be a 3 o'clock kickoff on a fr- – Friday afternoon uh, and they luckily moved us back because other teams were like, nah, we're good with the year that we've had. And so I, I kind of think we're in that both, both range that you're talking about there, Kyle. Yeah. But would you, would you guys rather have been matched up with one of those higher teams that now have canceled their games? Like at least if we're playing Rutgers, we, we get a game where uh, the Indiana game has been canceled. The Michigan Iowa game has been canceled. It's like, we get a game, which, again, if, if you think back to the start of the year, you're like, man, give me as much Husker football as we can get because we didn't think we were going to get any. So I guess part of me is kind of just saying that this year, win, lose, or draw was, was a positive one. But I know Danny loves asking the question and putting it out there on if, if Scott Frost's job should be safe or Bill Moose is if his job should be safe. And Danny, you're talking about are we nationally relevant and in terms of a national scale, probably not. But if we fire our our own homegrown coach, where do we go from here? Like, give me one name that's realistic that you would be excited about as you were when Frost came. I'm I'm getting misrepresented here in a little bit. I said I do not I do not want to fire Scott. No, I don't think he should be fired, but I think people should be talking about should Scott Frost be fired. Yeah. That's what I think. I think it sounds like semantics to me. It, it is, but here's the thing, and we can go on to making our picks against Rutgers. Rutgers is going to win. Uh, but if you're saying, Kyle, that we have we have the good players, we got the stud coach, like then then what? there has to be a problem or an issue somewhere that needs to get addressed or fixed. If we've got the players we need and we got the coach we need, um, then, then there's gotta be something. And that's, that's what's frustrating to me. I, but I think it's clear that like, I think there, there's some spots where we have players that match up with anybody, but we have some huge holes that consistently just get picked on. We have warts that we can't hide no matter what type of people we have around them. And unfortunately, one of those warts is we're undecided on a quarterback. And we've talked plenty enough about that. So I don't need to repeat everything that we've already said, but. But isn't that a coaching issue then? Not if you don't have a a player that you really feel confident in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I go back to the coaches that are making millions upon millions that they either I mean your job is either to get the players that are going to get the job done and or be such a good coach that 
the players that you have can get the job done. Like we're neither of those right now. So, well, you, you again, my frustration, the, the big 10 all conference teams came out and Nebraska didn't have a single person on first, second or third team. So doesn't that answer your question on if we have the, the talent in the right spots, like, or if you look at the NFL draft, like we used to have guys consistently drafted in the first three rounds and, now you have to wait till the third day just to see, man, is Lamar Jackson going to get drafted? And so I think it's been obvious just based on the pros and based on postseason accolades that, that the issue is the talent level. And I think we're getting better. But like I said, we still don't have we still don't have linebackers that really get sideline to sideline. Uh, our offensive line, I do think, is improving, but it's still uh, somewhat of a mystery. But I don't know. Like I said, I just I'm I don't want to feel as bad as as you guys are. So I'm going to to make sure that uh, I'll always have at least some sort of a positive viewpoint on things. Who who are you picking in the game? Nebraska. Uh, if this, I, I will tell you this: if if we lose to Noah Noah Vidral, and I can already hear Scott Frost's post game conference, like, yeah, we we always knew he was a good player. If we lose to Noah Vidral, that will be maybe the first time that I I'll be pointing down a little bit. All right. I've got Rutgers. Kyle's got Nebraska. Dane's picking Rutgers. All right, Brandon. Uh, up and down there for you. You're a little bit negative. Then you came back saying, "As if we win, you're all positive." How do we end this season? Are we beating Rutgers at Rutgers? Go Huskers! Nebraska, gonna come up with a win. Get us in a little momentum for a bowl game, and uh, then I'll be all all on the hype train, drinking the Kool Aid again. <laughs> All righty. And then for mine, just to, to end it, uh, this is the only game we're going to pick this week. Uh, I'm going Nebraska. Uh, Greg Schiano makes me nervous because the last time he was in Piscataway, Rutgers looked like a nationally relevant team in the old Big East um, before he left for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think obviously we've got to, we're kind of in that danger zone of who are we, where are we going? Um, and and this is a, a big week coming off of Minnesota game that, you know, I think we all we all picked uh, Nebraska last week to beat Minnesota just because of the situation. Um, but we uh, we could have picked the endless amount of conference championship, uh, but we decided we're going to go in a little bit more positive note uh, to hand out some game balls to coaches, players, maybe even teams that have caught our eye in the special COVID season. Um, I, I think we know where some of our, our contestants are going, but I'm going to start us off um, with a game ball that is not a game ball you want to have. Uh, the college football playoff committee had a, a unique opportunity this year with teams like Cincinnati being 8-0 uh, and in line to be a, a pretty good top 10 team. Coastal Carolina proving it at 11-0. Uh, beating a Big 12 opponent, um, beating BYU on short notice. Um, you know, just 
unique situations where we could get teams that are not normally represented in the big in the big dance in the big dance and and it came out this week that Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson and Ohio State are the top four. And and some of the grief I've heard around the nation uh, is simply the fact that Florida lost to LSU, who has been boat raced just about every other week, dropped one spot. Iowa State, who's lost to Louisiana, is number six. Uh, Ohio State, who's played five games, is number four. And you have teams like Cincinnati, who's 8-0 at number nine. Uh, Oklahoma's at number 10 at 7-2 and two with a loss to Kansas State and Iowa State. You have just teams that are not capable of being there, shouldn't be there on a normal year. They're there because of name recognition. Uh, we talked weeks ago about how the Big 12 was not anywhere close to it. And magically, Iowa State, who didn't play last week, moved up a spot. And Cincinnati, who's had two straight weeks of COVID games to get canceled, drops spots more, drops more spots than Iowa State moves up because of the same thing, that a bye week. And so just, just the fact that they're doing what they want to do to the teams that they want to do it for kind of drives me nuts a little bit. I liked that chaos because I was sick of the BCS mathematical, you know, uh, all the numbers that went into it. But at some point, if, you know, I like watching all the meaningless, meaningless Tuesday, Wednesday maction, I will be the first to admit that. But it's not fair to a Cincinnati who has a great team or a Coastal Carolina who's having a great Cinderella season or an Indiana who's beating teams left and right that they normally don't beat and competing with the Ohio States. And it has nothing to show for it. Now, obviously, there's a lot more in college football to play for than the, uh, the, than the you know, the four-team playoff. But if this season doesn't show you that, hey, any team that's not named Notre Dame or the ACC or the Big Ten or the SEC, there's no chance you're getting in. And so uh, it's just I think that's one thing that I'm, I'm frustrated with is because there's no rhyme or reason sometimes. You know, they said, well, you know, Iowa State has had a, a couple big wins, um, but so has, you know, other teams that are lower than them. And then a team gets docked because they had two bye weeks that have been COVID related. Well, other teams ahead of them have had bye weeks COVID related, but it doesn't harm their stock. And so just the backwards, forwards, all that good stuff. Here's a game ball because I'm sick and tired of the randomness that is the college football rankings. Thank you. I well, so before we start, Andy starts the game off and he plays it the wrong way. So I, I, I was a little confused on on how this was going to work, anyways, and now I'm even more confused. It was it was a hey, here's a piece of cake and you can eat it too, we went, all, all in one we spot. We went back to Festivus. <laughs> it was a little, a little Festivus there. Now, I, I do want to get into this just a little bit, and I I think I'm kind of on an island here, which is pretty typical around here on certain things. But you guys are all super upset about this this sort of thing, right? You guys all want the the little guys to have more of a, a fighting chance. Is that, are you, is that a question you're actually asking? Yeah, I am. I, I'm not I'm not one to rant about it. I always just sort of watch with interest. I think if I had a team you know, I'm a Coastal Carolina fan, but I'm not arguing for them in the top four right now. I think if I had a team that was sort of right around the, the five, six and weren't getting in, I'd, I'd care more. Um, I watch with interest. I think it's 
it's an incredibly difficult thing. It's like, you know, those MC Escher drawings that you try to make sense of and you can go round and round, but they never quite make sense. Um, to me, I think that's sort of looking at all the, the, the game results and trying to make a one through whatever ranking. Um, but this, this particular one does seem a little bit more absurd than some other times for, for the reasons that, that Andy mentioned. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm up in arms, but I just think I'm, I'm watching with interest. I try not to, like when I first saw the rankings, I was pretty mad and fired up. And I'm not one to rant on uh, different <laughs> uh, things related to college football. But uh, this year, I told myself, I'm going to try not to freak out anything outside of that top four, you know? I mean, because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But once it's all said and done at the end of this, I mean, if Sing Second has to give out like we did last year uh, when we gave deserving teams a national championship, if we have to apply the Sing Second uh, national championship, we can do that. And this year, whatever it takes, I don't know how to become a Wikipedia person. Um, I'll just try to do that and try to get it in there, I guess. And, uh, and that, but I'm, I'm going to try not to get too worried about somebody being left out. If it's like number five or six or whatever, you know, if it was somebody who could have been in, then I'm going to get mad. I mean, we're almost to that point, you know, if heaven forbid, if we have a two loss, you know, freaking Iowa State somehow up there when I thought we already established with their Sunbelt non-conference schedule that the that the freaking Big 12 is irrelevant, you know, and all of a sudden two loss. I, I always said Alabama would be the first three loss team in the playoffs. It might be freaking Iowa State this year. But uh, if it doesn't get to that point, then I'm then I think I'll be OK. Yeah. Andy, do you think the biggest gripe should be Cincinnati right now? Simply for the fact of the American, I think, plays underrated football. Uh, the, I mean, obviously, the whole USC or not USC, but UCF uh, situation a few years ago. But Navy's consistently in the top 25. SMU's uh, undervalued. Tulsa's always pretty darn good. Um, usually, the American has some pretty good teams. And uh, since you know, I think that even the preseason, everybody knew Cincinnati was a top 10 team and they've shown it. Um, they're beating bad teams bad. They're putting away good teams in, you know, in this solid fashion. And it's so like, I, I understand they can only play the teams on their schedule, but they didn't have a Sanford in week 13 like the SEC teams do to get healthy for their rival and then the conference championship. And so at some point, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying expansion because I'm not saying Cincinnati would even beat the number one team or whatever. You know, I know expansion is not the answer, but just if, if we're going to make this big selection, like there's got to be like a criteria that they can at least say, here are four teams. Here's why, here's why five, six, seven, eight are not one through four. And, and it's just, you get the whole weekly, well, you know, this week we focused on a bad win or a bad loss versus a, a good loss to a team that, you know, it's just, it's just the rhetoric is just so different every week. And I think that's what sometimes I struggle with. Do you know why the SEC teams need a, a team like Sanford in that kind of buffer zone is because the other teams that they play week in and week out are way better than Tulsa and SMU 
and all the other teams that you mentioned. Like, but that's, I, not, that's not always accurate either, though, because Auburn lost to UCF the year that UCF claimed a national championship. You have bad losses week in and week out with Texas A&M and Florida and, you know, LSU along the way every year. So it's not like they're even – like you can say they're better, but without but, yeah, those non-conference like games – like, granted, their record might be good, and, and you got to understand that UCF, and I love that team, but they get to match up or they get to get hyped up for exactly one game, okay, and that was the, the Auburn game. You have to understand, like, Auburn, had, right before they had to play UCF, they had to play Alabama, and you can't duplicate that unless everybody plays the same schedule. That's the difference between the NFL and college. So, to me – you can't be Cincinnati and say they beat bad teams bad and expect to then kind of be nationally uh, high up there. Now, to me, the Iowa State thing, you can put them and you can let them play Tulsa all you want because I don't think Iowa State's that good either. Uh, and honestly, I think when you start messing around with, with stuff like that and the committee, I think the committee is only – they only care about the four teams. And you can – like Brandon said, you can get mad about Iowa State being above Coastal Carolina, where Coastal Carolina beat a team that beat Iowa State and use your transitive property that you like, but they don't care about that. Tell me one team out of those top four that you don't want in there and tell me the team that you want to put in their spot. If you're not going to take one of those top four teams out, then that's the only thing that that whole meeting is about is who are the best four teams and who are we playing? And now, you got to decide. In a normal year, though, those spots matter for other other bowl games that you're trying to earn a spot into. Like in what case? Because in most cases, the the bowls just get to pick. Which they just get the third Big Ten team. It doesn't have to be third in record. It's just they get the third choice. Well, no. Well, but the last few years, they've changed that, too. It, it's based off the – top 25 ranking from the college football playoff and so like that's how some of those mid-majors get the bcs bowl that's also how they take like an indiana over a wisconsin or something like that if in a normal year one was 11 one was 13 or 14 or something like that well that's 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 even an easier question to answer on on why iowa state is higher than coastal carolina how many alumni does coastal carolina have Compared to, Johnson. compared to how many alumni that Iowa State has. Because yeah. after the first four, then if that's your reason, then of course none of those smaller schools are going to get in there because they're not going to bring as big a crowd. And the grand scheme of this all is, is those bowl games are trying to make lots and lots of money. So what I'm going to suggest is I will be the commissioner of the group of five. We'll take our own top four from our power five group of fives We'll just have our own four-team playoff and have a consolation champion. You know, we'll call it the silver bracket like they do in Little League Volleyball or whatever. Yeah. Hey, so I'm the JV champion. Whoa. Did you guys see Tim Brando's little rant last night at all on Twitter? Let me uh, let me read you this tweet, and I'll, and I'll, you know, see what you guys have to say about it. it and um, he's not a sponsor. He's not affiliated. We're not being paid to say this. I don't think so. He's just a <laughs> no, not a sponsor. Tim Brando says college football playoff is flat out wrong. I'll no longer recognize it as a playoff. I'm done with it. 
Uh, it's not a co college football playoff. It's a, quote, Power 5 Invitational. And from this point forward, I'll call it that. Do you think – and then he says Bearcats were, were dissed. He's still using the term dissed uh, beyond belief. Is, is he right, wrong? Is he overreacting? He's, is this he's, getting... he's right, but here's the, here's the thing. Like, in a, and it is a weird year. Think about where it, he's not right because of what's happening this year. A little bit to the extent that Ohio State, you know, but that's more of a Big Ten thing. The last time where this was where somebody probably got cheated out of it, and if they would have had the playoff, you know, and they would have invited or, you know, whatever the case is, UCF, you know, was like one of the last few remaining undefeated teams, you know, at the end of the year. And so one could art and they were like right up there, right up there to the ratings to where, you know, it was like, wow, these guys really could be kind of contending. But this year, you know, it's and I've been all aboard Cincinnati hype train since since this season started and was excited for him before, you know, the Big Ten decided to play. And this year, you know, I don't think that even if even if they were, under, you know, given respect, proper respect, they're probably not going to rate them ahead of Texas A&M just because Texas A&M is always going to be uh, given ratings and all that. But I think, um, you know, if we got to the end of the year, and all of a sudden there was like two undefeated teams. Like let's say it was Alabama and uh, Cincinnati were the two undefeated teams. And then let's say, you know, uh, you have Clemson beating Notre Dame and all that. And then all of a sudden you have like a Clemson Notre Dame who are going to maybe be in the playoffs again, playing themselves for a third team. Then I would say, dude, these guys are getting screwed over big time. But uh, where they're still a little bit too far out and it just, you know, they had a pretty awesome season and all that, it's not a huge deal. Ultimately, the, the playoffs, it, their goal isn't even to get the four best teams uh, in this. Their goal is truly to get the two best teams and then a couple other teams. It just it gives you a little wiggle room and all that. And I don't feel like Cincinnati is the top two best team. And so that's kind of my take on that and ESPN what they are trying to do is they're trying to say like back in the day well geez well you know if we had our little playoff for a plus one Boise State could be invited in okay we have that then they're like hey now if you now that we have that well maybe if we had another round because ESPN just loves the money idea of this playoff and to bastardize the whole sport and make it just like every other freaking thing with the huge playoff so then they, they can do this whole thing. So, I mean, they could end up saying, hey, we're 50. Well, hey, if, uh, if we allowed a 51st team into our playoff and they played in, then we could let a team like Sin. So they're always going to, like, push them off and say, yeah, man, let's try, to get, let's try to get 10 SEC teams inside of our playoff, and then we'll try to fill up the rest with some Big Ten and Clemson, Notre Dame, and, and all this. So I think um, – I just think this year they're a little bit too far out, but any other year, like in the past, they've shown they're not going to do anything to give respect to those other teams, even though some now, of them should. And I think I'm going to wrap this up just because this Sorry. took a long tangent, uh, but it, it, I think it was kind of a fun conversation. But so Clemson plays Notre Dame on Saturday. If somehow Notre Dame beats a Trevor Lawrence co uh, quarterback team, 
And then, so they're 2-0 against Clemson. Clemson's not going to fall out of the top four, are they? They're still arguably the top two, three, four best teams. They're not going to move a Texas A&M who's not even playing on Saturday up, will they? And so if if What happens Clemson, when Iowa State wins the Big 12 and if Clemson loses? So you have that aspect. But, I mean, it's I just don't feel like you, we're going to get Alabama-Clemson in the first round. ESPN doesn't want that. They want that to be the final. Ohio State, Notre Dame, like that's, I assume, like that's not going to be a very big draw because, you know, uh, they're they're so close. I mean, it probably will be a big draw, obviously, but like I just feel like they're, they want Clemson, Alabama in the final. Well, ESPN for the fifth or sixth time now. ESPN laid a bunch of people off due to COVID, and so a lot of them were probably their graphic designers. So uh, that way they can recycle uh, some of their previous stuff. By just having the same four teams in, it makes financial sense. <laughs> to me, if the if they had their choice, they would want Alabama versus Ohio State. Like I think that I think they would love an Ohio State Notre Dame matchup versus an Alabama Clemson matchup in the semifinals. And the like to me, the reason why those four teams sound the best is because they are the best. Name one team you would want to take out and replace them with somebody else and um, and try to convince me that it would be a better game with a better matchup. Just arguing that, the principle, man. I'm just arguing uh, the principle of it all. I mean, I we could go back to my argument of including teams five and six and having it be a, a little quarterfinal game. But, uh, Kyle, you did something there that we talked about earlier. You, you used the very vague they when you said <laughs> – when when you said they want these certain teams matched up, oh, do you well, think that I, there? Are, do you think there's people sitting in ESPN ESPN offices having that specific conversation, saying, "Here are the teams that we want to get matched up in, in the championship game," or do you think it's sort of like this inherent bias that's just kind of seeped into all of it, where it's almost like a group think? It's not necessarily said out loud. It's just sort of this organization has has come to try to maybe maybe manipulate it so that these two teams are you, you understand what i'm saying yeah. like you no, think there's specific conversations being had about these are the teams we want what do we do to get these two teams in the championship or do you just think it's sort of this natural sort of um momentum goes towards it i don't know if if they go so far as to actually like manipulate the matchups but i definitely think that there's conversations in in rooms nicer than any of the four that we're sitting in where they're like if if these two teams match up this is what we can expect from viewership sponsorship and an outcome and then if we can maximize the the semifinals and then hope for the best uh final matchups i, I definitely think that there are people that uh are higher up that to have those conversations just like they have them in the NBA when they're like, or in yeah. major league baseball when they're like, well, we don't want to, we don't want to Tampa Bay Atlanta Braves world series because that just won't get the same type of eyeballs as a Boston Red Sox, LA Dodgers world series would. I just think that then, then, then why not include more teams? Why not have three versus six and four versus five as a quarterfinal? Those would be huge huge matchups most of the time that, that people would want to watch. Well, and I know Brandon's against expansion, but I think eight teams makes the most sense because you can guarantee the five conference champions with three wild cards and then have a true 
18 bracket, but that's probably not happening because the other the other bowl games are are, are too profitable. Good game ball rant, Andy. Sorry, it went south so fast. Yeah, who knew such a, a weird start when you give a game ball to somebody who actually did poorly? The anti-game ball. Yeah, yeah, the anti-game ball. Sometimes you need that, though. Just They can only go up from here, really, if, if we really – As the very first one, though, we've never given game balls before, and now we're already giving out the anti-game ball. The first, yeah, the first time we ever do this sort of segment where we're going to hand out game balls, and then we just totally like change up what the segment is even about as it's starting. Now, I'm sorry, that's guys. I, right there. That, that's why we can't have nice things around here. I ruin stuff yeah. real quick. Leads to leads to good content, which I think yeah. we just had. Boom! All right, so our second game ball. Uh, I'm going to kick it to D, uh, good old D Dub here because I think it's probably the most straightforward game ball that. Uh, that we'll talk about tonight. Uh, Danny, who's your game ball for? Yeah, honestly, the, the conversation that we just had, um, I think we all kind of wanted to have and we all had some interest in. So, um, Andy, I have no problem with, with you bringing that up. I think that was a good conversation. Um, but my, my game ball, and it's just because I feel good about myself, really. So I should actually be giving myself the game ball. Um, but I'm going to That's a humble to... brag, Danny. You've really come a long ways. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I picked out a team early on. It was, it was week one or two. And I will tell you, it's because I thought their uniforms were cool. I thought the logo on their helmet was cool. I thought it looked like they had a cool vibe. Um, there was literally no like major conferences playing at the time. And so I, I kind of said, I'm going to have my eye on Coastal Carolina this year. And it turns out um, this was the year to do it. They, they had a, obviously a good season, 11-0. Um, playing for their conference championship. I don't think it's going to lead to any, um, obviously not in any uh, college football playoff or anything like that. But it, but the more that I read and, and, and looked into it, it was a really cool story. Um, so if I, if, if I can't, I guess there's no rules, so I could give the game ball to myself. Um, but if I'm not allowed to give it to myself for, for uh, jumping on the bandwagon very early, I'm going to give it to the coaching staff um, because – Anything you see and hear about them, it looks like a, a fun place to be right now. And I think, I think maybe it's like uh, like Scott Frost's UCF. It just kind of is a nice little combination of, of coaches that they have, um, the players that they've recruited, uh, just just a fun atmosphere. And and you know we throw around the word culture a lot, but but it's it's an interesting culture. Um, they they do some weird stuff after games that I probably wouldn't even want to be a part of with their celebrations in their locker room. Um, but, but it's been a, it's been a fun thing to, to keep an eye on. And I, and I will also say on the football side of things, um, I did actually read an article about their offense and I don't understand those things on, on too deep of a level. Um, but, but the gist that I got from it was that they, they have a pretty unique uh, quarterback in the fact that he can, he can run their system, uh, be a running threat all the time but also being an incredibly accurate passer. So uh, again, the coaching staff dialed that in. They, they've got themselves in a situation that's, that's been pretty successful. So uh, my, my game ball goes to uh, myself first, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kick it over to the coaching staff at Coastal Carolina. 
That uh, third head coach is like what Jamie Chetwell or Chadwell or something like that. Jamie Chadwell. He just signed a seven-year extension, so I was he's gonna, gonna say like he's gonna be pretty rich too. Yeah, and so uh, he's a he's a uh, CCU alum, so he you know he wants to be there. He wants to see that program rise to the top of the group of five, if you would. Uh, be always the uh, the outside looking in, but uh, be the you know the, the top dog of the Sun Belt and whatnot. Um, but shoot, they, I think Danny hit on a few good points of just that culture that they've had and that they've built since coming up to the FBS level. Uh, and then that offense, how unique it is, how their quarterback um, is doing kind of the old school Army, Navy, triple option reads, but they're attached so much with the spread RPO look. And they're, they're doing a lot of the same stuff that uh, Army and Navy do conceptually but they're adding space to it and they're making their athletes have two way goes and, and be real athletes in space. And so it's just kind of a fun offense that knowing nothing about football, you wouldn't understand the weird intricacies that go into it. But uh, once you break it down, it's not real different than some of the aspects of old school football, but it's connected to kind of that Oregon fast pace uh, run and gun idea as well. Here's the here's the pickup that that I got was that um, it puts a lot of pressure on the other team's safeties and they have to decide if they want to play closer to the line and, and try to you know fulfill their responsibilities of of stopping the run or if they want to play a little bit deeper and, and either way that they play it uh, the Coastal Carolina offense has has a has a way to beat it so um, and again you guys are absolutely more knowledgeable about football and, and I like talking to you guys about the X's and O's sometimes but that's just kind of something that I that I noticed and thought was interesting so obviously they they've had a great year 11 and 0 I want you to think back to when UCF had their run and obviously they were close to making the the final four possibly depending on how you want to say how close they actually were do you think, and going back to our last conversation where people have secret conversations in rooms, do you think that UCF prefers the way it actually ended out where they could always kind of claim that they were one of the best teams but never had to like be on the field in a, in a semifinal game to prove it? Or do you think they actually are better off in the long run kind of having that undefeated season, having that one win against Auburn and – just kind of living off of, of that, which, which way would you think they would actually prefer in terms of brand recognition and all of that? I thought they've honestly kind of fallen off the radar. I They're guess. still in the top 20, like maybe not yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of the year, but the last three or four years, they've, they've lived in the top 25 solely based on that one year. I, yeah. Similar to, kind of the Boise state type of deal. Yeah. I think, I think they'll, I think they'd take it either way. You know, this isn't an either way type of thing. Which one, which okay, one is so my, my answer is Scott Frost is still seething that he didn't get a chance to play on that big stage. I'd say almost everybody else that was part of it um, still thinks it's pretty darn cool that they had an undefeated season and, and can have those stories to tell. I think uh, in the locker room, they're going to say, heck yeah. But I think people who are close to the program outside of it are kind of happy with the, I'll take the peach pole, vic peach pole victory over at Auburn because I don't want to fight. I don't want to be dead wrong and, 
you know, get spanked by Clemson or Alabama by 25 or 30 to Dow. And so um, we, we can equate it back to the ranking that year. Yeah. Like we could equate it back to season. equate it back to some of our football this season. But uh, I, I kind of think if you're in that locker room, you want to, you've got a fighting chance. So you definitely want it, but to remove all doubt and realize how far away you are would be kind of, I think demoralizing a little bit. Yeah, I honestly think, and don't get me wrong, like they have guys playing for them from the South, so they have athletes on the field. But if you're if you're playing, putting them on the same field as an Alabama or, or Ohio State, their athletes begin to look very, very small. And then the few big guys that they have would look very, very slow. Like it's, there's dealing with different types of dudes. And that's, if like Andy said, having a little JV tournament to, to kind of see who's the best of the worst and not best of the worst, but just kind of best of that group of five is probably what they need to do because either A, they're not ever going to get the chance to show it on a consistent basis because if I'm in a power five school, I know that I see better opponents week in and week out, no matter what the year is that if you start putting a team that has seven wins over mid-major schools, then it's just not comparable. All right, so here's what we've got to do. I've just figured it out. So a team like Coastal Carolina, UCF of what year is that, 2017, 2016? 17. What's got to happen is once you are an undefeated or a one-loss team and you're in the top 15 of that, final ranking you've got to get relegated to a major conference just so that way you can boost your your uh, scouting boost your recruiting whatever and you can take the place of a Rutgers or a Wake Forest or something like that have them fight with more like teams get their record back up then that way you can say I've got an SEC quality or an ACC quality schedule and I'm a new blood. I'm going to be here to stay. Boom. Cincinnati Big Ten champion. Now they actually get in the way they should. Boom. Maybe, maybe this season and the, and the flexibility with scheduling that's had to happen um, is, is something that could maybe stick around because maybe teams don't have to be locked into a schedule 10 years in advance. And if a team thinks they're pretty good, maybe they can add some – manipulate it a little bit to at least play some better teams – um, that, that might help them work their way up to standings. But I don't know. There's, there's a lot lot there that I'm probably not considering. But game ball, Coastal Carolina. Somehow got right back into the old uh, playoff talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's playoff season. It is. Kyle, who's your game ball going to this year? Yeah, I still don't know if I'm going to be playing this game right, but – um, Danny already gave himself one, so I guess I'm gonna kind of split mine up. Uh, it's quite, a, quite an honor. <laughs> yeah, did, did you ever give us your acceptance speech of it? Like, is that, I can maybe that's in your extra point where you can thank the people you need to thank. It's Friday night. No, um, no, I think game ball just goes to the fans without, without that sounding super corny. Because you think about the last six months, uh, having sports around, whether it's football, basketball, has been nice. And it's good to have 
uh, conversations arguing about playoffs and not COVID or politics or any other stupid conversation we've had way too many conversations about. So yeah, just uh, fans having teams to complain about, coaches to want to get fired, uh, cussing out 18-year-old kids just like we used to in the old days. Uh, so no, my game ball goes to actually having a college football season. So the fans for uh, being able to enjoy it. I don't have much else to add besides I think that it's been awesome that we've gotten as many games as we can. I know you'll hear some people say that we shouldn't have been playing anyways with how disastrous some of the schools have been dealing with it, but who cares? Like they play the games, the kids go to school to play college football. They got to play college football. Hell, let's give it to Scott Frost since he brought back college football. <laughs> no, I just think, you know, the, the effort and, and, and I would say for the athletes, uh, the sacrifice that they are making on those college campuses to make sure that they're healthy and able to play in these games. Um, I, I think you're right. I'll, I'd give a game ball to, to every athlete that's, uh, sacrifice just to make this season happen. And I honestly don't blame some of the teams. I, I think it's kind of silly that you'd give up an opportunity to go to a bowl game, but I absolutely understand that there's some, so many dudes out there that, that are just exhausted and wiped out and, uh, and, and ready to get home. So I, I'm going to give part of your game ball to the athletes also. And yeah. I, the only other thing that I'll throw in is remember back in uh, like June, when we were so starved for sports that we all picked a, uh, a Korean baseball team that we were going to follow. That was you and Brandon. I didn't do it. I had, I had the LG twins, Brandon, what was your team? I had the, the dinos or the dinos. The di they were, had a dinosaur mascot. No idea how that season ended. I did see something on a ticker, like maybe last week about either that season's still going or it started up again. But, uh, I am glad that I'm not DVRing Korean baseball <laughs> games and, and watching too. those during the day and, and do have football to watch literally every single day uh, between college and NFL. And it, and it does mean something and, and it does matter, even though it is just sports. This sports. All right, Brandon, last game ball. Well, it's a little bit related to Danny's. I was actually thinking about, if he didn't go Coastal Carolina, it was gonna they were gonna be a part of the recipient. So since we oh, you are kind of give splitting, them part of yours. Yeah, so I was gonna kind of give part of mine to part of yours. So where you gave yourself part and theirs a part, that's a whole game ball for them now. So congratulations. You get a game ball. You get a game <laughs> ball. Well, the one that Andy didn't give out or that he took away from the playoff committee now we can give to somebody else oh true so here's what i want to give the rest of my game ball to is to i don't know i guess it would be maybe the coach and the athletic director of byu football they're an independent team and so uh when seasons were getting canceled left and right uh, they had to kind of start over with maybe two games that were left on their schedule. And I would imagine that's pretty stressful, uh, not having really any conference affiliation and trying to get all that stuff to work out. And then they had a few games here and there canceled out in there as well. So to me, 
that in itself was deserving. But then as the season goes on, they had a heck of a season. They played some good football. They were entertaining. And at about the time, well, let's not forget teams in the Big 12. You know, don't let's not forget that Oklahoma ducked out of their matchup to Army because, uh, well, we only get to play one non-conference schedule, you know. And so the Big 12 said, hey, how about we play that Sun Belt? When all those games appear to be a dominant premier conference, talk about your all-time backfires, you know, so that happened. So, and then as the season goes on, we see the ACC saying, you know what? We don't want our top two teams to be losing extra kind of stuff. So let's just uh, declare who's going to be playing in the ACC championship a little bit early. And then we got the Big Ten rules are rules. And I will not change them under any circumstance. Fast forward, unless your team name rhymes with Crohio Crate. All right, then we can uh, make it to where you're in that game. And all these other conferences are taking the chicken shit out, way out, trying to go there and, hey, you know what? Yeah, we got our teams. And then there was two teams undefeated who said, you know what? Let's let's buck the chicken. Let's say we're trying to play the toughest matchup we can possibly play right now with a sudden opening. SEC's like, are you insane? Are you insane? Are you insane? You need to you need to be scheduling terrible teams right now. My God, man, knock some sense into you kids. And so with all this, they yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll play. Uh, we're gonna have BYU and Coastal Carolina, two teams that probably nobody would be real excited to play. Nobody else would want to play them uh, because they were afraid of taking an L. So they both took a risk later on, and uh, and I'm I'm giving the game ball to the loser to. Uh, BYU because ultimately they paid the price and then people talking smack to him and all that on Twitter saying, Oh yeah, don't you look stupid now? You know what? They at least tried. They weren't canceling games and saying, ah, well, the eye test, ah, ah, the eye test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. Ah. They, they went through, gave it their best. And it was a super entertaining game. It was the game. Nobody knew that, the, that the world needed. It's not like everybody going into the season said, God, if only we had a BYU Coastal Carolina at the end of this year, I would freak out. That would be such – everybody would say, who? And and who? What? And it turned out to be like a cool marquee uh, matchup. So BYU and your athletic director for rescheduling games. And this is all during football season, and I'm sure you have other stuff going on around BYU athletics for the rest of the year. I don't, I don't know how that looks, but, uh, you know – it had to be a lot of work. So here's your game ball, BYU. You crazy son of a gun, you. And, and just to add, Brandon, because I think you made a great point about they had two games on their schedule that didn't get canceled. But BYU's in a tough spot. When Notre Dame has a great year, they're thrown into the top four. That's happened, what, three, four times now. Now, BYU doesn't qualify for that group of five spot in the uh, in the you know, the New Year's Six Bowls or whatever. So they've got to make it in as an at-large compared to the BCS or not the BCS, but the Big Five. And so Notre Dame always takes that spot, even if, you know, Notre Dame doesn't have as good a record as BYU, just presumably Notre Dame is that better team. And so to have the year that they did and climb the rankings as high as they did before they stumbled to Coastal Carolina, I think kind of shows you the depth that BYU 
has or could potentially have if they keep this going, because you know a lot of their team, a lot of their teams are older. They're they're grown men just because of some of the BYU um, uniqueness, if you would, I guess. Um, but you know they are in a tough spot because they don't get handed that group of five game like UCF did or the top. Uh, you know, American team does at the end of the year every year. And so uh, they're, they're fighting not against the other, uh, you know, blue collar teams. They're fighting against the, the teams that expect to make BCS games if we had this was or the group of six games or whatever. Yep. All right. So that concludes our game balls. Uh, we're splitting them up here and here and half here and, uh, taking them away after you give them right back. Uh, so a unique first trial here as we as we go to maybe giving this another try next year. Hopefully we, we each give one out, not a half here or half there, or like me, not even give one out and just take it right back. Um, but no, as we have done every podcast except the last one, uh, final thoughts, extra points, uh, let's go. Let's go reverse order that we started. Brandon, any extra points for us? I had like a million, and that number quickly dwindled down to zero. I can't really think of anything. It's fun night. <laughs> More college football. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Commander in Chief. Check that out this weekend. And go Huskers. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the reverse order of <laughs> Kyle. Extra points. Kyle. Kyle. Oh, my favorite time of the year. We've talked Christmas a lot, but quite possibly my favorite day of the year. Last day of the school semester. Uh, like, I've had awesome classes. I don't know if any of them listen to this. I would doubt it. But I've had awesome classes. There's nothing better than just that feeling of saying goodbye to the last class of the day, knowing that you're about to embark on a, a, a nice little break. So... Uh, tomorrow's the last day with students, so uh, here's to sending them off on their merry little way. Uh, happy holidays to each and every one of you. Deuces. Danny, extra point. Yeah, I, I know we there are some students that listen. Uh, one of them named John, who works at our local grocery store, listens often, and he'll comment uh, when I'm in there. So, so, John, if you made it this far, we appreciate it. Uh, I'll, I'll do a quick one is of, of the random teams that I that I've been interested in this year uh, I have always had a tie to Iowa State um, I know all of you guys would definitely pick Oklahoma in this game uh, in the Big 12 championship Iowa State's a five and a half point underdog uh, but I'm going to call it out uh, on air Iowa State wins the game um, Kyle if you want to put a burrito on it I'm going to yep. take five and a half points uh, oh. Iowa State wins the Big 12 no, you're not giving me the five and a half. You just said they were going to win. So I thought we were just do it straight up. No, no, we always do it with points. So five <laughs> and a half there with you. Um, but here's my extra point is that Iowa state wins the big 12 championship game. Um, and, and, and maybe one of those other teams that's in the top four loses and the uh, it's, it's going to cause a little controversy. So Iowa State, congratulations ahead of time um, on your on your Big 12 championship win. Or I guess if I want to take the Brandon route, I'm going to go ahead and congratulate Oklahoma on winning. 
Nice. Extra, extra point, Andy? Uh, no, just uh, it's championship week. We haven't talked much about it. Uh, there's there's a lot of good football starting at 6.30 on, or 6 o'clock on Friday, but the Husky game got moved back to 6.30, so we can say 6.30 on Friday. And, you know, the 11th slate, like it always is, is stacked. That 2.30 slate is stacked, and it will lead us into that uh, the nice 7 o'clock Alabama, Florida kickoff. So a uh, great weekend of football. You know, we, we appreciate everybody sticking with us through one year, hopefully for many years to come. And much like Army did to Navy last year, or last week, they shut them out and they sang second. Oh,